Okay, before I get into my message, and I've been really, really just praying into just what God wants to do this morning, because I, I actually agree more than Pastor Tark. I think preaching is overrated. We're here to meet with God, right? Yeah, well, that's why I come to church. I come to meet with God, and my job is just to facilitate a little bit more of you meeting with God this morning, right? And before we get into what God's laid on my heart, there's two groups of people that I just want to pray for, and you don't have to respond, but I just want to pray for these areas. And the first area I really felt is people who are having difficulty conceiving kids. You want to have a baby, you want to have another baby. And there may be couples here, or you may know of a couple who's just going, God, come on, we just, we really want a kid. Now, you don't have to respond, because this is a private matter. But when I was in Tuvalu earlier this year, I had a lady, some of you will have heard this story, I had a lady come up to me and she goes, Pastor Sam, Pastor Sam, it's so good to see you. I want to show you my kids. Do you remember me? I'm like, have we met before? And she'd actually come over from Tuvalu to one of our conferences. And at that conference, I had prayed for her. I can't remember it at all. Prayed for her because they had, didn't have any kids. And this is about two and a bit years later. They now have two kids. Now, God can do it. I can't do anything. But right now, I just, I just, if you know of somebody or that's you, I just want you to close your eyes and just think about that situation as I pray. Because I know, I know if we have faith in, in the next 9 to 12 months, we might have a baby boom. Now, if you don't want any more kids, pray for somebody else, okay? Because God's able, right? Okay, but let's pray. Father, we, God, we just lift up every couple to you right now. God, every couple in this room, every couple, Lord, watching online, Lord, every couple who we know of that's been lifted up right now. God, you know, Lord, what's going on. You know what the blockage or the hindrance is, God, and we declare a breakthrough. God, we declare miracles of conception. Father, we thank you that right now in this moment, God, you're correcting, Lord, any medical issue that is blocking or hindering, Lord, them conceiving. God, so we just release that right now. God, and we thank you, God, that you are more than able. Lord, that you did it so many times in your word, God, and we release, Lord, children, Lord, to those families right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. God, now, now, here's the thing. You have to believe it. So put it in your diaries. Nine months' time. If there's a baby boom, we're just going to praise God, right? Okay, but don't, if you're not expecting, don't pray too hard, okay? We're not, okay, I'm just, just saying that. <laughs> hey, the other area, and this is just something that really came into my spirit just over a week ago as I was preparing. God laid Jeremiah 1 prophetically on my heart for a number of people, and I've got no idea who you are, but you will know that this is for you. And, and what I really felt is that God was saying, Jeremiah 1, verse 5 to 7, over your life, that God has called you, he's appointed you, he's anointed you, he's ordained you, and this is your season of opportunity right now, okay? And you've got to listen to what Jeremiah 1, verse 5, it's going to be on the screen. This is what it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. I set you apart to do some amazing things. Yeah. I set you apart to, to lead in your workplace spiritually to bring transformation. I set you apart to be somebody who's going to stand up in your school place. 
or whatever it is. I set you apart to see revival break out in your family, in your community. I set you apart to be a leader in, in my kingdom. That's what God is saying. But this is what you say. Oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth, or I am retired, and I am too old now, or Oh, but I'm a tradesperson. Oh, I'm a stay-at-home mum. We find every excuse to say, no, we're not good enough. But God is saying, no, 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 you are. Some of us are saying, God, I can't do it. But this is what the Lord is saying to you. And you'll know if it's you right now. The Lord is saying, but do not say, I'm a stay-at-home mum. Do not say, I'm too young or I'm too old. Do not say, I'm a tradesperson. Do not say, oh, my English is not that good. Remove all those excuses and see that God is saying, for you shall go to whom I send you, and whoever I command you, you shall speak. It's interesting, Acts 4, verse 13 says, Peter and John were ignorant, unlearned men. And yet look what they did. See, God is our champion. He's our biggest supporter. And whoever it's for right now, God is saying, you, it's now the opportunity. He's saying to you, it's now time to step up. So can I just pray? And if that's for you, you don't have to put up your hands or anything. Maybe just close your eyes and put your hands out and say, God, I want to step into that. Because I know that's for a number of people here this morning. So let's close our eyes. Father, I thank you that you're speaking into individuals right now. God, you're calling out, Lord, the gifts and the talents. Lord, you're calling out, Lord, the plans and the purposes. God, because you've ordained them and you've set them apart. God, and I release them into their opportunities, into their callings. Lord, I release them into fresh ministry opportunities. Lord, I release fresh faith and expectation upon their life. God, I thank you that you are moving and you are so real. God, and in the season of opportunity for them, God, let things open up. God, but let them be so clear that you're speaking personally to each one of them this morning right now. In Jesus' name, amen. It's interesting, Jeremiah 1 verse 8 goes on and says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. You know that was for you, so go with it. Hey, so the message I've got, it's a little bit of a different title. It is called Spiritual FOMO. And you're like, FOMO. If you're young, like me, no, if, you, if, if, you're, if you've done any research, you've heard it, maybe you've heard the term FOMO. FOMO stands for Fear of missing out. It's an acronym like LOL. I'm sure many of us use LOL on our phones, right? If you didn't know LOL, laugh out loud, right? Okay. Well, do you know there's a new one that's out? If you're young and cool, which I'm not, so I haven't used it, is IJBOL. I just burst out laughing. So if you want to be really hip, IJBOL. You can use that today. But anyway. Fear of missing out, FOMO, is a short way of expressing our fear of being left out or missing out on something, being forgotten or ignored or not included. Before social media turned up, it was all about keeping up with the Joneses. We wanted a new house or a new car or a new that, but now it's all about FOMO. And this thought of fear of missing out didn't even, wasn't even a term until 2004, about 20 years ago when some uh, marketing executives came up with this thought of how to try and sell their product. But then when social media came along, it became a real thing. 
You know, because we're always going on our phones and we're seeing what other people are doing. We're seeing highlight reels on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, and we're like, I'm not there. They're doing that. Why wasn't I invited? Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> Only a few people are honest enough to, 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 to tell the truth. You know, even just during the week, just during the week I was scrolling and I saw a photo and I'm like, I didn't get invited. And then, then I thought to myself, that's all right, if I did get invited, I would have been really annoyed that I got invited, and then I would have had to go, and I would have... Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in that moment, I was like, I didn't get invited. And probably, if you're on social media, you actually have that feeling most weeks, because you're seeing what a family's doing, you're seeing what somebody else is doing, and, and you're like, oh, and that's FOMO. We, we feel it, we, we feel it. Now, just a quick tip, because I'm not actually here to address FOMO, but here's a couple of tips on this. Number one, be more thankful. Yeah. If you're more thankful, you're not so worried about what you're missing out on. Yeah. Okay, we can be more thankful. But the other thing is, which this message is all about, the closer you get to God, the less you're worrying about the things you're missing out on, because actually, that's not a good thing, right? There's actually a new thing, a new concept, the joy of missing out. Because it's good when we're not having to go to everything, right? We've actually got some time for ourselves. We've got some time to press into God. We've got some time to actually recharge and refresh or spend time with our family. But that is why I believe spiritual FOMO is actually a good thing. And I believe we all need to get spiritual FOMO. So turn to your neighbour and say, you need spiritual FOMO. Okay, now I know some of you are thinking, what? Pastor Sam is telling me I need to have fear. But fear is a bad thing, right? You're, you're, how, can, how can a pastor be telling me I need to have fear? That, that's unbiblical, right? Well, I just want to say, fear is not always a bad thing. It sometimes motivates us to greatness. Usually it keeps us safe or stops us from doing some silly or dangerous thing. If you're young, usually you don't listen to those fears and gets you in trouble. Psychiatrists say fear is a complex human emotion that can be positive and healthy, but can also have negative consequences. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, many of us will not, for God did not what? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I was, was going to have to say to Pastor Tuck that our church didn't even know. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. What? He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but how should we have fear? But then what about Proverbs 9 verse 10 that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? Or one of the seven spirits of God in Isaiah 11 verse 2, what does it say? Is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And then Jesus actually told us all. This is, I'm like, okay, okay. Matthew 10 verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul but rather fear. He's telling you to fear. God is actually telling us to fear, but fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body. Now, I just want to be honest here. Church, this, yesterday, um, I was actually up on this roof. Now, for all of those health and safety people here, I just want to make it clear, there was edge protection and fall protection, okay? And I filled out the health and safety forms, and it's, it's all good. But I was up on the roof. Now, to be honest... I'm not scared of heights. I'm just scared of falling. 
If I know I'm not going to fall, I'm fine. I'm fine up in the sky tower on the glass thing. But if I don't know that that glass is this thick and I'm not going to fall, right? I'm a bit fearful, right? Who knows? What See, fear is a good thing. Fear can help us. And I believe spiritual FOMO can actually motivate us to see more of God in our lives. See, spiritual FOMO is the fear of missing out on all God has got for you. It's the fear of not hearing the well done, thy good and faithful servant. It's the fear of getting to heaven and realizing that we've missed out on what God has got for us, what God had prepared for us. See, I believe that the world, that the devil, has been lying to us and been trying to trick us to keep looking at this. I just lost my notes, but I want to make sure I get this right. The devil is trying to say that you're missing out. Well, the truth is you are in danger of missing out. See, this is the revelation that we need to get. If we see, when we see on our phones that we've missed out on an event, we're like, ah, oh. But if we don't see, we don't actually care. And here's the thing, we need to see that we are in danger of missing out, and the devil is right. But he's not telling, but he's trying to tell you you're missing out on the things the world's got to offer. No, the truth is you're missing out on what he has got to offer. You're missing out on the life that God has got for every single one of us. And that's what we got to see. See, we're so worried about what missing out on what our phone has got to show us that we don't see what the book's got to reveal to us. Can you, if you get it. See, the thing is, we need spiritual FOMO. And that's where I want to look at a passage this morning and, and just dwell on there for a while. If you've got your Bibles, it's actually good to have our Bibles, so maybe you've got them on your phones. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Because then you can actually go, okay, God, what are you saying to me? Now, as you're turning there, some of you are turning there, just want to say, it's a life group week. If you're not part of a small group, most groups, my group met last week, so I'm not my group, but most groups are meeting this week. Get along to a group. If you're not part of a group, go and find one, because then you can really dive into the scriptures. You can grow together. Matthew 7, 21. Ready? This is what it says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now let me put this into context. This, this chapter 7 um, is the end part of one of Jesus' most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount started in Matthew 5 and goes right through to the end of chapter 7. Okay, now most of you will have heard of the thought of the Sermon on the Mount. What I love about the Sermon on the Mount was there Jesus was teaching for hours and, and just, just downloading so much into his followers in that moment. In that moment, he introduced the radical thought of God as Abba. It had never, that thought had never been there before, that thought that God could be our father, that we could relate to him as Abba. Now, I had some, a fresh revelation looking through God's word, and, and I'll have to be honest, the, the, this was a good revelation that I'd got wrong for a long while. I thought Abba meant daddy, okay? And I have this problem. I don't like my kids calling me daddy. When they were two and three, I could handle daddy. But now they're 12 and 10, almost 10, daddy's like, no, you're grown up. Mum and dad, that's good. That's a sign of respect. Who, who knows what? But daddy, I feel like, no, you're not a two-year-old anymore. 
So when you talk to God as daddy, I'm like, no, I've grown up in my faith. You know, I've matured in my faith. You're not daddy, because I'm not daddy. And what's really interesting is, and Ivan's just a new dad, and Tinny's still getting no sleep, but you know, as we're new dads, we're learning things, right? But as dads, as a dad, I've really, my revelation of who God is has just grown and grown. And what I've seen is that as our kids grow up, we want them to grow and develop, right? We, we don't want them to be calling us mummy and daddy. Man, they call Jody mummy all the time. I'm like, come on. And she really doesn't like it. But anyway, it's not about our parenting issues. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. As we develop in our relationship with our kids, we get to know them and they get to know us in a different way. And when, when they get actually get a bit older, you want them to be more like friends who we, we're relying on and coming to for advice, and we're building this real relationship, friendship, partnership. And see, that is what's actually available to us, and that's what God is saying. And when the word Abba was used here in Aramaic, it didn't mean daddy. It was dad, but maybe a little bit more affectionate, because over there they're a lot more affectionate than Kiwis are, if you know what I mean. But... It was the sign of love of a demon, but not a kitty. See, Abba is used by all, by all ages and all generations. And they would still, if you're you know, 40 plus, you'd still go to your dad and say, Abba, you're Abba, you're my dad. I respect you, I love you, I love spending time with you. And see, when we get that revelation, understand that's how we can know God. And that's what Jesus started with. In the, well, not started with, but in the Sermon on the Mount, he was saying that. And then we come to this passage here, Matthew 7, 21. And what this is, and this is Jesus' end of the sermon. People were probably falling asleep by then, although he would have been amazing. But it was hours of messages, so I know what it's like. But then he, he kind of woke them up. He stamped his feet. He jumped up and down. And he said, it's decision time, guys. This is where I'm saying you've got to take what I've been talking about and you've got to start putting it into practice. You can't just agree, go, oh yeah, I like your teaching, Jesus. Oh, I want to know more about who you are. No, you actually have to come and know me. You actually have to come and make decisions to change the way you live. And that is the context of that verse. And God's saying, come on, we need to put this into practice. It's decision time. We need to understand that there's so much more that there's so much that God has got to offer us. And we've got to see that if we don't press into God, that we're missing out. That we're missing out on what is available to us, an intimate relationship with Jesus, a, a walking with our Abba, with our God in heaven, who loves us, who wants to pour out his blessing and favor, who wants to have that relationship with us. And you know what I love? God is never not going to invite you. God has invited you to everything. Do you know who rejects his invitation? We do. We're the ones who are invited every day to have the intimate relationship with Jesus. We're not missing out. Well, we are missing out, but it's not that we're not invited. It's available to us. I, I just think about yesterday morning. Many males, not most, but many males would have not found it hard to get out of bed at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning because there was this thing called All Blacks and the World Cup going on, right? That was, that was not that hard to do that, right? But then you come to a normal Saturday morning and what, getting out of bed to spend time with Jesus? 
Or, or yesterday, you know, we got out of bed, we watched the All Blacks lose. <laughs> but did we read the Bible at all during the day? Did, did we pray at all during the day? Because that's the thing, the invitation was there yesterday and every day to spend time with Jesus. But if we don't realise we're missing out on it, we don't do anything about it. Joe Austin, I don't agree with everything he says, but I like this quote. This is what Joe Austin says, God's way is better than your way. His plan is bigger than your plan. His dream for your life is more rewarding, more fulfilling, better than you can ever dream of. Now stay open and let God do it his way. So let's look at a couple of things in this passage. Verse 21, 7 verse 21. I believe one of the spiritual FOMOs we can have is the fear of missing out on heaven. We all want to go to heaven, right? No one wants to miss out on heaven. Well, what does Matthew 21 say? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. To me, this is a really, really scary passage. But Ephesians 2 verse 8 makes it really clear. We're saved by grace. We don't have to earn salvation. So what is God saying here? What he's saying is it doesn't matter if you go around and tell everyone you go to church. It doesn't matter if you wear every New Zealand Beyond t-shirt you can find. That doesn't get you into heaven. It doesn't matter if you tell everyone that you go to church and you even come to church. Just like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger or going to the petrol station and putting petrol in you. Oh, don't worry about that one. But anyway, <laughs> here's the point. We need to see it's not about just what we say. It's got to change how we live. We've got to see it's got to change what we do. And until we get that revelation that actually becoming a follower of Jesus means we change. And that's what God was saying. Don't just say, oh yeah, I love what you're saying, Jesus. No, it's got to transform how you live. It's got to transform the fact that we actually prioritize Jesus and our relationship with him over other things, over other things that may look good. Now, I just want to say, I see who's here this morning. If the All Blacks, if the All Blacks make any of the semi-finals, all the finals, and you stay at home watching it, and they lose, I'm going to find you. <laughs> no, I'm not really, but you know what I'm saying? We, we prioritise all these other things, and yet we've got the opportunity of a lifetime every day to spend time with the Abba Father. You know, we... John 15 verse 14 says... You are my friends if you do what I command. See, it's not about you earn salvation. We're not going to earn it. We do it because we've found Jesus and we've got a friendship with him and we're walking with him and we're talking with him. And that is available to every single one of us. And if we see it, it changes our lives. It really changes our lives. So a fear of missing out on heaven will motivate us, right? But I believe it, goes, it keeps going deeper. For most of us, that's the first one, but we can't just say it. I believe there's people, well, the Bible says it, there's people going and say, man, I turned up to church every week. That's not what gets you saved. It's having a relationship with Jesus. Number two, verse 22, and, and this is a real fear that I actually have. I don't want to get to heaven and realize there was so much more God had planned for my life and not done it. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many things in your name? Yeah, but what is God asking you to do? Yeah. What is God really calling you to do? 
It comes back to where I, that, that thought, and this wasn't part of the message, but Jeremiah 1, God has, God has called you. He's appointed us. He's got a plan for our lives. He's got an amazing future for every one of us. He really does have. He's got things for all of us to do, not just in a year's time, but tomorrow. Every day, God's got things for us to do. And so many of us think, oh, but I'm not gifted enough. I'm not anointed enough. Well, you're in great company. Jeremiah, Moses, Gideon, David, Elijah, Peter, and many of the others in the Bible, they didn't think they were good enough. They didn't think they were holy enough. They didn't think they were skilled enough. And the answer is you're not. And that's a good thing. We just have to say, God, I'm here. And I see that you've called me. And if we can get that revelation, if we can get that revelation that that is what God's got for us, and then not only do we see it, but it motivates us to do something about it. See, this is the thing. The fear, the, the actual fear of getting to heaven and realizing, man, God, you actually had all of that and only did that? I believe that's why that verse, and it's not in my notes, but that verse, God's going to wipe away every tear from our eye. Because that moment when we see it, man, if we're living with eternal regret, God's going to... to see what God is calling us to. Cry out to God and say, God, I want to know you more. I want to walk with you more. I want to see more things happen. And so allow the fear of missing out. Allow the fear of missing out on the wild down thy good and faithful servant, Matthew 25. That's what we want to hear. This isn't a condemning. This is God. Look what God has got for you. It's kind of like this needs to become your Facebook profile and you, well, not your profile, your Facebook page, and you're looking at it going, oh, wow. Oh, you've got that for me, God. Oh, you've got that. For, oh, I don't want to miss out on that. I don't want to miss out on what you've got for me, God. I want to go after it with all that I've got, right? Can you see it? Can you see it, church? If we can get that revelation, if we can realize, God, you've got all of this waiting for all of us. Rick Warren said, the guy who wrote Purpose Driven Life. Without God, life has no purpose. And without purpose, life has no meaning. And without meaning, life has no significance or hope. Where does it start? It starts with God. Not everything else the world has got to offer. It starts with God. It starts with God. And this is where I want to kind of wrap this up because this is really what I sense God taking all of us on. We're... We're on a journey of praying for revival, and I, I love the revival prayer meetings. I love going to different ones. I love just praying with guys and, guys and girls and everyone and just seeing people just stirred up to, to press into God. See, here's the thing. We're believing for revival, but what we're actually doing is getting closer to Jesus. Because you know where the revival's got to start? It's got to start in here. And the last thing I want to do is I want to sit around and watch and see revival starting in different places and miss out on that. And that's not a point. That's just the thought. So the last one is the fear of not knowing God. And that is verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. That word for knew or know is gnosko. Can you say gnosko? It's, it's there on the screen. Gnosko. It's a Greek word, and there's actually two, two words that describe no. 
There's a no for knowing a, a fact or an information, or there's a no for knowing a person. And this is a real knowing, a knowing God. You never knew me. And what's really interesting, and, and this is to the level you can actually get to know people, is that word gnosko is used from knowing a friend right through to having sexual relations with a person, just like in Luke, 11, uh, Luke 1, through, uh, 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Now, what you've got to understand here is we, in Western world, we can conceptualize this, but what, what we're saying is you can really get to know people. So you're like, so I can get to know God in that way. As, as a close, close friend. That's what's available to all of us, yeah. to every one of us, to actually have a genuine friendship with God. Not to know him as the scary God in heaven with a big stick. Yeah. And, and I believe, you, you know, we go on journeys where we start getting to know God as Savior, as Lord, as friend, and then I think as Father. And here's the thing, that relationship is available to every single one of us. We have the ability to gnosko God, to really know him. Daniel 11 verse 32, those that know their God shall be strong and do amazing exploits. Those that gnosko God. See, the fear that I'm start, that's being revealed to me over pretty much most of this year is, is going, wow, we're on a journey. We're on a journey of getting to know God. The question is, am I missing out on really the depth? And the more you go, the more you get to see. And the more you go, you go, wow, I can, know, and I, I can hear God's voice more. And you keep going on this journey. Yeah. And I want to say to every single one of you, that journey is available to you. That relationship is available to you. And the more you go, the more you see, then the more you experience and the more you're revealed. And I, I'm hoping, and it's been my prayer all week, is that God just downloads an actual genuine fear, but also a, a love, and go, oh, I want that. I want to be included. See, here's the thing. We have this desire inside of us to not miss out. Because we don't want to be left, left out. We want to be included. We want to feel like we're in the in crowd, right? There's a song about that. But anyway, and that's why we get FOMO on social media. But God wants you to see that that's available to you. Yeah. That he's put that invitation to you to say, come and get close to me. Come and walk with me. Come and know me intimately. Come and know me personally. Come and know me as a friend. The Lord said in Exodus 33, verse 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. I love this. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. When I was reading that, I got a revelation. See, Joshua saw what Moses had. And I reckon that's why he hung around in the tent. Because he went, man, look what Moses has got. I, I don't want to miss out on that relationship, so I'm going to stay where the presence is until I get it. 
I'm going to stay in this place. I'm going to get into church as much as I can. I'm going to get into life group and youth group and overflow and wherever I can. I'm going to come to every prayer meeting I can, not because I'm trying to earn my salvation. See, don't, don't hear me wrong. This is not about you've got to be good to earn your salvation. No, this is about look at that relationship I can have. Look how close I can get to Jesus. And I want that. I want that so much that I'm going to do everything I can, even not watch the All Blacks. <gasps> You guys are laughing. Probably when I was just starting out as a youth pastor, I might have, if the All Blacks made the final, I might have asked for annual leave to stay home and watch that. I probably would have got it not granted, but I'm just, I don't care. I care if they lose, but I, who cares watching the game? I don't want to miss out on what God's got for me. I don't want to miss out on all that God's got for me. I want to be able to, I want to get to heaven and go, oh, my friend. Now, there'll be an awe about it, and probably in that moment I'll be lying completely face down in front of God because God is holy and unbelievably amazing. And don't, I'm not trying to diminish God, but there's a place where we can get to know him. And that day you'll see Jesus and you'll be like, the one I know. I, I, just that thought inspires me about the fact that you know, Enoch walked so close to God for so long that he just said, I'll come and be with me in heaven. I don't think I'm going to get anywhere near that. But just thinking about getting that close to God. See, the thought this morning is that we can fear so many things. We can worry about so many things. We can look on, on social media all the time and go, God, oh, look, I missed out on that. Oh, I didn't get invited to that. Oh, I'm obviously not as close to those people because they all got invited. Who cares? That's not going to It doesn't even matter tomorrow. But you know what matters? What matters is how close we get to God. But first we need to realize how close we can get to God. And then we have to desire it and do everything we can. And you know relationship, the key to a good relationship is actually time. It is actually time. And you can't go, oh God, I just want to get so close to you, I'm going to give you a minute every day. (laughs) Or I'm going to get married to that person, but we're actually going to live in different houses because I don't really like you enough to, to, to live with you. It doesn't work, right? Could people try? But we can't do that with God if we want to get close, right? You understand what I'm saying? And I just hope that this morning something's been downloaded. Something's been imparted into your heart. You can say, man, I can get to know God that much. That there's been a fire lit in your belly to go, wow, I can know God to that level. I can know him that much that as I get closer to him, it causes me to want to pray more. As I get closer to him, I actually ch- it changes the way I, I act and respond. And this isn't about changing the way you act and respond to get closer to God, because I actually think it's us stepping to God first. Yeah. And my hope is from this message, actually you've started to develop some spiritual FOMO. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out on all that God's got for me. 